The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, what I'm going to be talking about is it's it's not worth it. Just like the description of the uh, episode says, it's it's just not worth taking the chances. Um, it's not worth risking your life. It's not worth uh, just taking, you know, overall, just, just taking the risks. I mean, I did this, this this is still kind of fresh to me. So that's why I'm a little, you know, uh, slightly scatterbrained trying to formulate my thoughts as best as possible because it's, it's near and dear to my, to my heart and most likely will be yours when you hear what I'm saying. But when I'm talking, what I'm talking about, what it's not worth is your business. No business is worth taking, taking these kind of risks that we take every day, just lowing, just mowing, lowing, just mowing lawns, right? Like, I mean, honestly, if, if if we're just cutting grass, we say just cutting grass, right? But just cutting grass is more than just cutting grass. Like if you want to make it a legitimate business, then that's a whole nother thing, right? Like it, it, it's one thing to cut grass for a living. It's a whole nother thing to actually make earn a living and make a, a legitimate business out of it. If you're a solo owner operator, you're running and gunning. You know, if, if you don't have a family or um, it, like if you're literally all by yourself, you don't have a wife and kids or maybe you have a significant other, but no kids, you don't have a mortgage or any of these things. OK, if you're a young guy, you know, or girl and you're just you just have to support yourself, then, yeah, you can earn a good living just just cutting grass. You know, hopefully you're still paying taxes. You have workers comp insurance just in case for yourself um, and obviously general liability just in case. Um, so you're protected if you do any property damage or anything like that, um, as well as, you know, just having a business license. Right. You know that that you know that that is making you a legitimate uh, business. So you, you just you really want to make sure that um, you're still doing that, even though if you're so, solo owner operator. But still, with that being said, you can only make so much money by yourself, right? So um, even when you're solo owner operator, and in a lot of ways, you're running and gunning a lot more because you're trying to, you know, work on sunup to sundown, trying to get as much work done. And and this can apply more to you than it can the the bigger business owners that have crews going out there who are the ones that are kind of, you know, risking it, risking it for no biscuit, you know, like they're um, so, so. In a lot of ways, that's that's uh, I, I'm I'm not the, a solo owner operator, but I only you know I've only had a few guys working for me. One crew I haven't gotten to the second crew, um, which is one of my goals, and so on. But just having that one crew, one or two guys working with me, depending on how much work is is uh, needs to be done that day, and so on. It's still the same solo owner operator mentality because I'm in the truck with everybody trying to 
trying to push us, trying to get everything done as best as possible, as fast and as efficient as possible. And when it comes to cutting grass, you know, the profit margins just aren't as high as some of these other positions or other services. And really time is money. I mean, with, with any service, you know, with, when you're not providing a product, when you're not selling a product, you're selling a service. It's always about time over money, right? I mean, it's always time is money. Um, so the faster you get something done, the more money you make uh, hypothetically. So, but that doesn't mean that you should be rushing, cutting corners, taking risks, but that's what, ends, that's what ends up happening, right? So let me just tell you real quick, so in case you're like, what, what is going on? Like what prompted this? Well, um, not too long ago, I was again running and gunning, rushing to get the week done. You know, I have a lot of personal family things that I like to do in the evenings during the week and on the weekends. Like I came from retail management. Those of you that know, you know. If not, I'm not going to go into the whole backstory. You can go on my YouTube channel at Lawn Care Rookie, and you can uh, the very first video that comes up on the homepage. You can go ahead and uh, Lawn Care Rookie or LCR, I believe, is what I shortened it to. But either one will will we'll get you there. But then the welcome video on the on the main page is my whole story spelled out in video form. I've also talked about it in great lengths on this podcast. So feel free to go on Spotify and type in the search bar when you're in my actual podcast page on Spotify. Just type in my story, you know, something like that how I got into lawn care, anything along those lines. And most likely you'll, you'll be able to find um, maybe several episodes that I talked about it, if not the one main one. But regardless, just a quick, quick, super quick, um, you know, like recap or backstory is that I was in retail management for over 15 years and I wanted to press the hard reset button and do something different. Uh, so I started my own lawn care business because I was one of those homeowners that just became obsessed with, with the grass, with lawns. Um, I got my green thumb just figuring it out as a homeowner, right? You know, like barely any research online back then. This was probably, you know, 15 years ago because I've been doing lawn care uh, professionally for nine years now. So, um, so probably 15 to 20 years ago was when I was really kind of getting into the whole swing of being a homeowner and taking care of my lawn. And, you know, we, we moved into a house with nothing. They didn't put sod or seed or anything down. I don't, but they might've put seed, but it was like the junkiest landscape seed. And, you know, I, it, we, we probably got the shaft, but again, this was like 20 years ago. So I, I don't know. It was, and, and, you know, every state's got different rules and whatever, I guess. And, you know, but it was a whole, it was a whole, a whole another story there, but Regardless, we had nothing, no grass. So I learned from scratch. You know, my wife and I would be out there raking rocks and, you know, trying to smooth out the dirt and chuck all the junk in the in the woods, the surrounding woods, just trying to make like a nice area to actually plant grass. And so through trial and tribulation, because, again, the Internet wasn't anywhere near what it is now, you know, 20 years later. There wasn't a whole lot of information out there. So there was a lot of like going to your big box home improvement stores, you know, um, looking, looking, looking at all the different, you know, the backs of all the bags for fertilizer and grass seed and looking at all the different plans and how to, how to, you know, measure this and that, how to calibrate your spreaders, you know, different sprinkler, sprinkler types. You know, I didn't, we didn't have in-ground irrigation at, at that house either. So I was trying to figure out what sprinkler would work good or sprinklers and so on. And, um, you know, there was, there's books at some of these stores, you know, each store had their own version of like, uh, you know, they have all these different books for like home improvement, DIY, like how to fix your appliances, how to fix this, how to fix that, how to build this, how to build that. And there was a lawn and garden or lawn and landscape book. I have two of them. I still have them 
um, to this day. And, you know, they both had the same kind of concepts of grass and different types of grass and all that and talking about aeration and seeding and all the different seasons and so many different things to really help you grow your grass, you know, but both of them had like a, you know, some little additional things here and there, their own versions of stuff. So that was just how I really got my whole feet wet with lawn care was just kind of trial and error like that, doing what little bit of research I could back then and just trying to figure it out. But then when I had to leave retail because I was literally about to have a, a nervous, mental, emotional breakdown, just completely just, you know, disrupt my whole life, sabotage my whole life because uh, retail is going one direction. My life was going a totally different direction. You know, I pressed the hard reset button on my life and went went all in in lawn care because I really enjoyed taking care of my own house. Of course, you know, that's, that's the kiss of death, right? All the homeowners that are like, uh, well, hey, I love doing it, you know, for, for my yard. Um, once a week, right? Uh, let's, let's, I could just start a business and I could do it for, you know, 40 to 50 people a week. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a big um, culture shock right there for sure. I mean, just going from being a homeowner, you know, with the crazy uh, ways that we do things, trimming and edging, if we even do that, you know, the mowing with the smaller mowers and, you know, you have to transition that to professional, like how do you edge and trim and mow more efficiently, um, more accurately, better, all that stuff, you know, bigger mowers, commercial mowers, commercial equipment, all that kind of stuff. So I had to learn all that real quick as well. But so uh, anyway, you know, you transition, transition up to fast forward to back where I am now um, to today, you know, um, why I, you know, part of the part of the transition of the hard reset button was trying to get control of my life back and making sure that I could actually um, spend time with my family and have, have quality of life and, and, uh, manage my time and have a more flexible schedule and all that, you know, when I went on more field trips, um, with my kids in the first couple of years that I started my lawn care business. And then I did, you know, several years, like their whole life prior to that, like it, it was, it was amazing. Cause I could just reschedule work. And, you know, the first year I didn't have a ton of, I had like 30 something, uh, regular clients, some were weekly, some were biweekly. So, I mean, I think that's a great start for your first year without re- without any experience really doing it, just trying to figure it out. I mean, I knew how to do it from a homeowner, homeowner, homeowner level. Like, it's not like I was just figuring out how to cut grass or anything for the first time. I knew all about striping and I knew all the basics from being that guy on the street, you know, that had the best looking lawn in the neighborhood. But so I had that foundation, but I was you know, I had to quickly learn the commercial way and, and grow that professionally and all that. Um, but so the fact that I didn't have a ton of work right out the gate, but I had a good start and I kept growing year after year, it, it allowed me to have more flexibility of schedule. Like if, you know, if there was a field trip on a Wednesday, I would just take my Wednesday lawns and push them to Thursday or, or, or split them between Tuesday and Thursday so that I can get them all done or whatever. So, cause I didn't have, I didn't start out with five days of pack, you know, a packed five day schedule of mowing, you know, I didn't have like 40 to 50 lawns right out the gate. I had like 30 something. Like I said, some of them were biweekly. So there, you know, some week, some days there was a lot of, a lot more free time. I would schedule in other projects like mulch, cleanups, trimming bushes, all that, just trying to figure it all out. And I was driving all over town. It, it was a mess. I didn't have any of these things figured out yet. Route density, I learned quickly to get even more control of my time and my schedule and so on. But my point is I never really wanted to work weekends when I first started my lawn care business, but 
of course, when you're starting out, you're hungry, you're trying to grind out and do whatever you got to do. So there was plenty of weekends that I did work. And I also got a lot of additional work that way as well, because people would, would be home on the weekends versus during the week. And they'd see me out there and they'd ask me for quotes or what else do I provide and all that kind of stuff. So that was good. But at the end of the day, from working almost every weekend, like we had the majority of the places I worked in retail, we'd have like one weekend off per month, right? One complete weekend. We'd have like a couple of Sundays off, right? Because it was minimal, you know, shorter hours like most places on Sundays. So it's usually like one or two managers, you know, and instead of like all of them um, on, on a typical day, like a Saturday, there's more more staff, more management and so on um, compared to a Sunday. So Sunday is a shorter day. You know, if, if you have less people working, that gives more people Sundays off and and that would just kind of alternate. And then we would group it together one weekend a month so that, you know, each person would rotate a weekend off. And but, you know, that I, I wasn't I, I wasn't cool with that anymore. I, I really was missing time with my family. My kids were young and grow, but growing fast. And like I said, that's one of the main main reasons why I pressed the hard reset button. I want to get control of my life back. So I say all that to say the backstory for those of you that are new um, to everything I have going on here, new to the podcast, new to the YouTube, new to Instagram and so on. Follow me along. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but I just want to give you that quick backstory because this is why fast forward to recently where I'm rushing like a lot of us because I'm trying to get everything done. I don't want to work, nor can I work on a Saturday on that particular Saturday um, or, or any Saturday for that matter. But th that particular Saturday of, the, of this week, you know, it was a Friday and I was like, I got to get everything done. And I'm sure there was I forgot all the nuances, um, but there was all these random little things throughout the, throughout the week, like, you know, a call out here, equipment failure there, some rain, over, you know, here and there, like all these things kind of slowed down the progress. So what should have been an easy, you know, uh, Friday became a stressful end of the week, catch up day to get everything done with the one person that I had working with me that day. And, um, everything was just wet. And, you know, I'm like, I, we got to get everything done. I, I can't work tomorrow on Saturday because we, I have plans with my family and so on. And, you know, a lot of other stressors, stressors and stressful things that were going on in my life, of course, because, you know, just, just personal things. Of course, there's always personal things going on, you know, kids with this and that and whatever. And, you know, something breaks at your house, you got to fix it, whatever you got, you know, there's life, right. And then there's the business stuff. So all those were kind of colliding together. And all I could think about was that all of those things colliding, you know, so like first thing in the morning, first yard, I'm like, okay, you know, we got to get out the gate and get everything done you know, and, and all that. And I'm just so busy thinking about that. The first yard is on a steep hill, front yard. I've mowed it for years, right? You know, 35 times per year. So hundreds and hundreds of times I've mowed this lawn over the years. Um, and I do it the same exact way, same alternating patterns that are, that I, I deem to be somewhat safe or safe enough. So I never really think about it too much. I think about it a little bit. There's a couple spots where I'm like, okay, this could go bad. You know, let me, let me really focus. If I'm not feeling it or if it's a little extra wet or whatever, let me, you know, take a, a slight detour here or adjust something. But in that moment, I wasn't thinking of any of those things. I don't even think I relied on, I was just, I was on autopilot and I, I wasn't even relying on my experience of that yard. It was just, I was just going through the motions and I was going up and down or side to side or whatever I was doing, you know, all the way across the lawn. And I got to the far side of the front, front yard, the, the highest peak of the, of the hill, 
you know, finished that last row, turned around to hit the next one, and I turned around and just slid down the entire thing. Instead of going down, I just slid down. And I knew, like, it's like one of those final destination moments. Like, I don't, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, that movie, but... If you know, you know, if you're in that situation, it's like a car accident, like, you know, everything kind of slows down, but at the same time it's speeding up. Right. And because, you know, you're going a lot when, when if you lose control of a mower, if, if you know, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, hopefully you're you're OK. Um, but when you when the when a mower starts sliding down a hill, it's like going extremely fast, faster than than when you're going down the hill. Right. Because you're not you're going down in a more controlled fashion. You're not full throttling all the way down because you're trying to be a little bit um, careful, I guess, cautious. So when when those tires lose grip and that thousand something pounds, depending on how big of a deck and what kind of mower it is, the thing, that thing's just barreling on down. So that thing was just barreling down and in my head. I was like, oh, like I, I couldn't even... I couldn't even think it happened in a split second. I, I just remember trying to, I don't even remember what I tried to do, honestly, but I, 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 I think I tried to steer away or something. Um, honestly, I might've just like held on for the ride. I'm not even, I don't even remember the whole thing was kind of a blur, but I just remember like, just kind of like holding on, not bailing out for some reason. Right. A lot of people bail out. That might've been worse if I did. I'm not really sure. Um, if it would have been, if, if the, would have changed the trajectory of the mower or not, but I, I held on, which is something I'm kind of trained to do for some reason or conditioned to do. I always hang on to, to stuff unless like, you know, I've never been in that kind of situation where it's like going, going to go off a cliff or something or in a body of water. But whenever I I'm, lose traction, it's usually just temporary, but even, even so I'm always trying to stay on because I feel like as soon as there's a moment where I can correct course, I want to be on the controls to be able to do that, you know, like just quick jerk or whatever, um, you know, just the slightest movement in the right direction could could be make all the difference. But if you just jump off the mower and you just let it go, it's just going to go wherever it's going to go. Gravity's in complete control at that point, and it could be more damage than if you were to stay on it. But in this situation, I have no idea what would have happened, but I stayed on it and somehow I managed to slightly curve to the right, fortunately, even though it was still tragic. And I slammed right into the massive tree in the front yard, all the way at the bottom of the yard. Welcome to another Toro Tuesday. This week, I wanted to focus on the Toro Multiforce D-Thatcher. So the D-Thatching attachment, I have also used this. This is a, a great um add-on service or almost like a, a specialty service for your turf care clients. Um, it's great for spring cleanups. It's basically what it is. If you don't know uh, what even what even dethatching is, there's different machines that you can get for dethatching, powered machines, and it's basically like a big power rake, which just uh, um, automatically, instead of going, you know, walking around your, the, the whole lawn with, with an actual rake, you just get a machine that you can walk back and forth like a mower or an aerator or any of those kind of heavy duty walk behind machines. And it just does the raking for you. It just has tines that power its way through and kind of dig up any of the, the, uh, the debris, you know, leaves, little sticks, um, 
thatch, which is why it's called dethatcher. Thatch is just broken down plant material that just eventually kind of breaks down and creates like a little bit of a barrier, a layer um, just above the soil down at the bottom of the grass blades. And what happens is when that gets too thick in some areas, which can happen for various reasons, you know, if you're not cutting the grass properly and mulching up the grass clippings properly enough and it just, just accumulates, you're not blowing it off or cleaning it off. It eventually just gets matted down and it, it chokes out the grass. It prevents nutrients like water and, and air and sunlight and fertilizer, or anything else from going, getting down into the soil. Cause it just sits on top of that thatch and ends up just breaking down and absorbing into the dead thatch, which does no good for anything. Um, and like I said, it eventually kills the grass because it's just not getting the nutrients that it needs. So you'll start finding different patches throughout the lawn that are dying off. And, and a lot of that is because of thatch. And there may be other parts of the lawn that die off for other reasons. You know, maybe the neighbor's dog or people walking by their dogs are, you know, uh, relieving themselves on the lawn too many times, not people not cleaning up after them and so on. And that, that too much of those kind of bodily chemicals, you know, will burn the lawn or someone spills something, you know, too much fertilizer or weed killer or gasoline or anything. Um, or it's just, just, you know, dries out, you know, you just didn't do a good enough job watering, you know, certain sections of your lawn, or maybe, uh, you didn't know the sprinklers weren't facing the right way or we're just off a little bit. So it wasn't completely getting the full coverage in a certain area that you needed. And that grass dies off either way, whatever the reasons are that the grass may die off also without thatch, then that becomes thatch, that dead grass now becomes thatch. So all the dethatching methods are great ways of getting rid of all that thatch so you can expose the soil or just kind of clean up that grass area so that you can get nutrients down in there, whether you're fertilizing, you know, uh, like I said, air, sun, water, all that, just getting all that cleaned up. So doing this in the spring is a great time to really freshen up uh, the turf and get it ready to, to green up and bounce back quickly. Um, so it, it, it's just a great spring cleanup service. I've started offering this for my lawn care business. So now having this attachment for my Toro Multiforce makes it so much easier because I don't need to rent or buy a separate machine. I can just put this attachment onto um, the front of my, my Toro Multiforce and I can just go back and forth, basically raking the lawn. Um, so it's really helpful by using the patented, the patented uh, tines um, that, that come down and you know, make contact with the, with the, the ground. And it just, like I said, lifts the thatch without damaging the healthy turf grass. It combs the matted grass, gives the lawn a clean hand raked appearance. So it's just one of those things that you can add on as a service. It's really helpful. I would say every lawn, you know, uh, similar to aeration will benefit from, from dethatching. So, this is a great attachment that you can use. It's very easy um, to use. It also folds up like the leaf plow so that you can store it easier when you you know drive the mower back into the trailer and so on. Um, and it, for all the visuals, as always, go ahead, if you want to see what it looks like and uh, potentially see it in action and so on, go ahead and click on the link in the episode description for Toro.com. That'll take you there fast. What's going on, guys? Come join us this year at Pod Row at the huge convention in Nashville, Tennessee on August 24th and 25th. Come hang out with myself, Paul Jameson from the Green Street Podcast, John Pajak with Profits by Pajak, and many more at Pod Row. Share your story on our podcast and network with great speakers and successful entrepreneurs. Click the link in the episode description and get $25 off registration with code PODCAST. See you there.
slammed into it. Couldn't have, honestly, in, in, in all reality, it could have gone so much worse in so many other ways. On the opposite side of the tree was the neighbor's parked car that's always there for some reason, just parked down there. I don't even know if they drive it or not, but it's just parked there. So if that tree wasn't there, I would have slammed right into that tree. Had I missed the tree, like slightly off to the left of that tree, I would have slammed into that vehicle. So um, I might have been injured more if I had slammed into the vehicle. The vehicle obviously would have been injured and that would have been tragic. That would have been terrible. That would have completely would have ruined the day even more than 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 it already was. Um because I would have had to deal with all that and you know that I would have had to pay for that obviously and it just would have been a, a nightmare. Um in this case, fortunately, um I hit the tree in the in in the only portion, the only spot of the mower that didn't like break and crumble. Like it was where the front caster wheel is like at the top part, like, um, it's hard to explain those of you watching, you're just kind of watching all my, my hand movements. You know, I like to talk with my hands, but, um, I'm trying to help visualize what I'm talking about, but you know, the, 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 the right corner where the front caster wheel is, is attached to that that top part, which is all connected to the frame, right? The frame is all one big welded piece all, all together. So that's the most sturdy part of the mower is the the frame that everything's attached to the wheels, the front wheels, the back wheels, the engine, everything. All the parts are attached to that frame. That is the most sturdy part of the mower. It's extremely thick, you know, tubular looking uh, frame. And off to the each end are the spots for the caster wheels. And that's what smashed right into the tree. So of all the places, you know, no damage, no, like nothing gets got bent or anything like that. Of all the places, that's where, um, you know, where you probably would have wanted if, if, if anywhere had to had to be hit, you would hope that it was that plate, that spot. Um, in hindsight, you know, after the fact, I have noticed that there's um, grease leaking out of the fitting now. So clearly something must have cracked or broken, whatever. It's not, it, it's just, a, it's a small leak at this point, you know, only a couple months left of the season. I'm just going to just keep nursing it. And, um, you know, if I need to refill it with grease, I will, but I'll, I'll just, you know, drop it off at the dealership for, you know, the um, yearly hydro hydraulic, you know, um, fluid change and oil change while they have it, um, see what's going on with this whole uh, grease thing. Hopefully it's nothing major like that. Hopefully just a small part, a washer or whatever, the grease fitting, the Zerk or something that um, that you can't see because it's all inside. It's all, it's a closed, closed cap, you know, Toro mowers now so that you, uh, they've been doing that for a long time now actually. But so this way you don't have to you don't have to keep refilling. You don't have to do all that maintenance anymore. You don't have to re-grease everything like like ever. You know, I mean, I think it's like maybe every thousand hours or so. I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know if you have to grease it. It just stays because nothing ever gets in there. It's not, there's no dust or dirt or anything that's drying it up and the grease is getting gross. It's just, it's just sealed up. So that's great what they that they did that. But whatever's in there, something must have broken. And now it's slowly, you know, some grease just kind of seeps out little by little um, over the course of the week. And I just kind of wipe it off and then we keep moving on with our day. And so this this is just going to continue happening, I'm sure. So I definitely have to monitor that and I might have to take it all apart to re-grease it or whatever. But I'd rather just drop it all off to the dealer, let them do all that, grab my back up and just keep it rolling because I just, hence why this happened, I don't have a whole lot of free time or any free time. I really have to like, you know, push, push, put something on the back burner to get to something else. And and then I'm just constantly like playing this game back and forth, jockeying for position. And it, it, and, and in addition to that, 
I think I got whiplash. I mean, I'm no doctor. I didn't go see anyone, but I felt like really bad. Like in, in the moment I had all the adrenaline. I was like in shock. I'm like, what just happened? This could have been terrible. Oh my gosh. You know, I was able to back the mower off the tree perfectly fine. A little bit of bark came off the tree. That tree was a boss. Like, like uh, I think uh, I got more damage than the mower and the tree. So all being said, it could have been terrible, but it was a lesson learned to me because, you know, well, one, I think I have, you know, some whatever lasting impacts from whiplash, you know, like sometimes it's, you know, it just goes away. You're fine. Other times you got to like go to a chiropractor or this or that and get yourself all worked on because you're all messed up. At least that's what I've heard when people get in car accidents and all that. I've known family members over the years that have had that issue or had those issues and so on. And, and it seems terrible. So hopefully that's not going to be the case for me. But I know in that moment I was just shocked. And then I kind of felt I felt a little out of it, honestly, like for the next couple a couple of yards. I was going to say a couple of days. Now, next couple of yards, I was a little off. I just felt, you know, I think that whole experience just rattled me and made me really start thinking about stuff behind the scenes. And then I started feeling sore a little bit, but it wasn't until the next day and the next day, just like a car accident. I've been in, unfortunately, a few car accidents over my life. Uh, one was me driving. The other, I've, unfortunately, was the passenger. But regardless, whoever's driving in, in, or not, being in a car accident is definitely actually, I'm sorry, I've been in three car accidents. Wow, that sounds terrible. When I was younger, I was in two car accidents. Um, I should say one. one. The other one was just kind of a minor little fender bender. It wasn't really anything, but one like actual where like I slammed into a guardrail, flipped my vehicle over and it was terrible. And I was perfectly fine, but my vehicle wasn't. <laughs> but the most recent one, I slammed into a deer on the highway on 81. Those of you that know, you know, slammed into a deer in 81, launched that bad boy, unfortunately, over the, uh, well, fortunately, um, launched it out of, off of the highway, but, you know, it was over the median down into whatever was down there, a ditch or like that you can't even get to. Like, I don't know if there was water down there or, you know, whatever, but it just launched off the road. I was afraid it had just like gotten slammed off to the side and was going to create like this huge pileup or something of, of cars behind me. But I, I hit that. My wife and my son were in the vehicle. We had just dropped our daughter back off to college from for whatever break or maybe it was summer was over or whatever the deal was. And we were just coming back from up, from up there, Blacksburg, and we were on 81. And just, you know, that dude just decided to run as we came. There was no vehicles in front of us. There was a bunch behind us, but a little ways back. So we're like kind of like the only ones just isolated driving on this section of the highway. And the deer just like, all right, I think I'm going to go right now. Like almost as if he wanted to get hit, like as if they wanted to get hit. Like I just don't understand why deer do that. But I didn't see it until the last second. My son was like, daddy, because I guess he, he said after in hindsight, he saw it on the side of the road start. He saw it on the side of the road and then all of a sudden he saw it running right at the same time as we were like about to be up on it. And that's when he said, daddy. And I, and I'm just like, and I, in like it all just happened in a flash and I just see it, it almost looked like the matrix or something like it just slowed down like and it was just like right like almost like it stopped right in front of us and I just slammed right into it unfortunately but that was pretty traumatic and we were all kind of all all of us were fine that the front of the vehicle wasn't but we um you know we 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 we're sore the following day you know again just back to what I was trying to say is if, if you've been in a car accident you know if not that's what happens. You know, there's kind of like all that adrenaline kind of helps you get through the situation. And like, depending on at what point of the day that happened, if it's late in the day, then you're just, you know, you, you kind of calm down eventually, go to bed. And then the next day you wake up and you feel terrible. If it happens first thing in the day, over the course of the day, after your adrenaline goes down, you start kind of 
getting back on track, then you start feeling sore little by little. Um, but you know, it's, it's like that on that delayed onset soreness, you know, where the next day and the day after is where you really feel it the most. But so anyway, that's exactly what happened to me with, with this mower incident. So, I mean, I had to deal with that. Um, you have to deal with whatever problem has happened to my mower because of that, but it's not stopped me from mowing. Fortunately, it's just, you know, that's, it's something, you know, like I said, you know, inside that broke the price replace, hopefully it's not a big ordeal or expensive. I can't imagine a little part is, um, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Outwardly, it doesn't look like anything's wrong with it. But my whole point is, um, all that made me think, like, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my business? Like, why am I taking risks like this? I could have damaged that property. It could have damaged a person. What if there was a person that happened to be walking by or riding their bike by right in that moment and I didn't hit the tree, you know, and then I hit them like that would have been terrible. What if I, uh, when I hit the tree, I almost flew off of the mower. I was able to, you know, hang on and kind of like fall to the side a little bit. But what if I like got launched off the, off the mower and hurt, hurt myself, you know, more than, than like the, the whatever, you know, soreness, aftershock type, you know, um, impact soreness, I guess, from, from the impact. Like what if I slammed into the tree and got a concussion or who knows what, all kinds of terrible things could have happened. I feel like the best case scenario is what happened, fortunately. And I feel so thankful for the fact that nothing worse happened, but it was definitely a lesson learned that I can't, you can't be rushing. I can't, I can't be rushing like this. You can't, I can't, we shouldn't be. It, it's not worth it. Nobody's business is worth that kind of a risk because then it just defeats, it, it negates everything you're working towards, you know, family time, um, financial growth, all these things like, it, 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 oh, and so many other things it, like that. It completely negates that if you crash your mower and now you have to replace it or you hurt yourself or somebody and you can't work or you have to, you know, um, pay all this money to pay for someone's medical expenses or their vehicle. Maybe it bankrupts your small business. Like these are things that you should think about before you take risks, take chances. You know, I should have been slower. I should have paid more attention. I shouldn't have been in such a rush. I should have known better. You know, you get very complacent when you're doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, you know, you just kind of take it for granted and you, you don't, you just, you know, sometimes you take more risks than you should, you know, you little by little, especially when you're in a rush, you just try and, well, I don't want to trim all this. So I'm just going to get, try to see if I can get a little bit further and, oh, you know, now you're in a body of water or you're off the edge of this, this, you know, little like cliff type thing, you know, like a raised area. Now you're boom. Now your mowers, you know, flipped over or, or what, you know, like so many different things bad, good, or not, not good, but you know, bad and worse, I guess, you know, it's all bad. Like what happened to me is bad, but it could have been a lot worse, but either way, none of it's worth it. It's not worth rushing and feeling rushed. And, you know, especially in like customers sometimes do that to you. Like, Oh, I need you to be here by such and such time because, um, you know, we're having a, a, a get together or whatever, like there, I've said this before that a customer's lack of urgency does not become your emergency. So let me say that again. 
a customer's lack of urgency does not make it your emergency. Like I'm not coming out on a Saturday just because you procrastinated or you were really busy and legitimately forgot. Hey, I've done that too with my personal life. I don't expect to, you know, someone else to disrupt their whole Saturday just because I messed up. Like that's, you know, that f- from a professional level, like, so I, I don't want to, I'm not going to, you know, uh, rearrange my whole day, disrupt everything just to come out on a Saturday to take care of your yard because you really, because you're, you're showing your house on Sunday or something, you know, or whatever the deal is, you know, you have a graduation party or something and you forgot to call me or you forgot to call whoever, you know, I feel bad and I've done that plenty of times, but at the end of the day, I'm not doing that anymore. Like that's not, I I don't want to be rushing and then slam into a tree. I mean, this isn't why that wasn't the case this time. It wasn't because of a customer. It was just, like I said, all of the things in the very beginning that all combined, all these different personal and professional things that were all coming together, making me rush to get everything done, you know, by the end of the week, um, by, by, by that, the end of that day on Friday so that I could have the weekend to do what I had planned with my family. But I mean, I could have, I could have destroyed myself and other things. And then I also wouldn't have been able to spend time with my family. Fortunately, I was able to spend time with my family. I was a little sore, but I was still able to do what I needed to do. But it, it was just really, it really shook me. And, and it was a wake up call that, it, you know, nothing is worth your taking the risk of your life, um, cutting corners, you know, rushing things. And, you know, people say, oh, you're just cutting grass. How hard can that be? Come on, guys. There's if you know, you know, if you don't know, there's a lot of things about just cutting grass that can go wrong. There's still a huge risk that you take when you put a thousand pound mower on someone's property, commercial mower with a huge commercial engine, blades spinning extremely fast. There's so many things you can, you know, there's something in the yard that you didn't know was in the yard. If you have the shoot blocker deflector up and you catch that thing and it shoots it out at something breaks a window or hits somebody and hurts them i it's it's not worth it it's just not worth it these things happen when i was looking for insurance companies many years ago when i was um trying to really get i was looking for workers comp i already had general liability but when i was starting wanted to hire employees i was looking into workers comp and one of the insurance companies was telling me the importance of workers comp and not to let it overlap and a contractor another landscape contractor that he had um let their policy lapse like you know they were lapse however many weeks you know so it didn't pick back up right away they let it lapse before they renewed it and paid it or whatever the right terminology is and in that time frame they mowed over like um i don't know like some construction debris like a little stake or stick or something and impaled one of their employees and killed them and they had to obviously pay for that all everything involved in in that when when that accidental death happens you have he had to pay all out of his pocket basically bankrupt his business and just done N- not only the personal guilt that this person this owner probably is feeling and dealing with on a day-to-day basis like it's not worth it guys it's not worth it i'm not saying that that person was rushing or anything like that i'm just throwing more importance of how insurance is a big deal and and how um really just what i was trying to point out is how it's not just cutting grass there's a lot of risk that you can still take people take it for granted they think literally you're just cutting grass and from day to day that could be the case but when you're mowing 50 60 100 lawns a, a week you know depending on the size of your business 
that's a lot of a lot of more opportunities of risk. You're all over the you're all over town, different neighborhoods, different types of yards, different types. Of, not every not every lawn is created equal. Not every lawn is plush and beautiful and and free of all debris and merchandise and or, or merchandise. <laughs> My retail day is free of all the debris and and garbage and just whatever. Like you just never know what you're going to get, especially when you get into something for the first time. It's maybe a little bit tall and thick, and you have no idea what you're going to grind through. So you always got to be careful. So yeah, it is cutting grass. And we have good equipment to do it, but there's still a lot of risk, a lot of risk, not as much risk as some other other services out there, obviously, you know, climbing up on a roof to do things or using, you know, excavators and um, bulldozers and things of that nature, you know, um, using, you know, saws and cutting down trees like there's obviously a lot more high risk, high insurance premium um, jobs out there, but there is still risk in cutting grass. So don't ever take it for granted. Don't take chances. It's not worth it. You won't be around to do what it is that you're rushing to do. You know, grow your business, spend time with your family, do something on your own personally. If you keep taking these chances and you and your luck, I guess your luck runs out. So just stop. Just stop. Take a deep breath. Focus. Schedule things appropriately. It's better to just push something off to the following week than take a chance. If a customer is upset, hopefully you you have already explained it in a nice professional way, but you can apologize again. Give them a little bit of backstory maybe if needed. Sorry, we just couldn't get to it. I did everything I could, but it's just not something that we were able to do. In your mind, you're saying it's not worth the risk, whatever. You know, we'll be there on Monday. Oh, I had a party and that's crazy. I'm going to find someone else to take care of my lawn from now on. Then you couldn't come. Okay, I apologize. I understand. I respect your opinion. You can do whatever you want. You need to do. Again, I apologize. Just, you know, it is what it is. Things happen. So it's your business at the end of the day course you want to put your best foot forward and have a great reputation but things are still going to happen and you need to take care of yourself your business your employees if you have any your family friends you know property all that stuff you got to keep all that in mind it's a lot more than just cutting grass that's all i have for this public service announcement aka ibg episode thank you guys for listening thank you to toro company for sponsoring the lcr media podcast and until the next episode this is the lawn care rookie signing off This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.